Welcome to the Break Podcast, a space for exchanging knowledge between members of the Break, a fellowship program for women entrepreneurs. In each episode, we'll explore the experiences, opinions, and of course, the projects that the entrepreneurs are developing to be part of this support and professional growth network. This is a co-production between Lagor Services, Efecto Colibri, and all the women you will hear throughout this conversation. Enjoy the journey! Be a woman entrepreneur for me is coming back to sisterhood and empowerment each other on a daily basis. Women entrepreneurship, I think for sure, is making positive social changes. That's good for not just for women, but for all of men and the whole society. Being a female entrepreneur to me means putting the soul back into business. In this episode, we'll talk about women entrepreneurs and about how we, the Break community, are on a mission to co-create an empowering entrepreneurial ecosystem for women all across the European Union. I'm Sarika and today I'll be talking with fellow entrepreneurs working to bring positive social change in the fields of reproductive health, crowdfunding, and even a delicious drink called sake. Hello everyone, my name is Zoya. I am from the Netherlands originally, but currently living in Berlin. And yeah, I cannot wait to hear about your experiences and also share mine. Hello everyone, I'm Aga from Poland and I'm so grateful and so happy to be here with you and can't wait for our discussion. Hi, everybody. I am Sarika from Japan, and I'm super excited to get to talk to you. Thank you for having us. I would love to share a little bit more about how I got started at the break, actually. So basically, in Berlin, I'm currently working as head of marketing of co-working space and startup hub Beta House. Yeah, it's a European startup hub there in Berlin, Hamburg, some other places. And I was working there one day and then Wilhelm Lappe, who is actually a friend of the break, he came to me and he was like, hey, Zoya, you're an entrepreneur, right? And I was like, yes, I guess I am. And he said, okay, there's this thing you really have to apply for here. Here's a link, go for it. And I saw it and it was speaking to women entrepreneurs who have a project they are passionate about and they feel like they need some space for one month to go somewhere work on their projects, be surrounded by inspiring women. And I don't know, this whole, what I was reading on the website was just amazing. And yeah, I decided to apply. I was a little bit insecure in the beginning about applying because it says that you had to apply with your company or your startup. And since I'm full-time employed for Beta House, I don't have a company on my own. I don't have a startup on my own, but I did have this idea for the project for over five years when I started this journey. And it just felt like a moment where everything fell together and I decided, okay, now is the time to go for it. And I just worked like crazy, like two days, three nights in a row, just making up a whole plan um, about my project and applying for the break. And 
yeah, it was just an amazing feeling to be able to get selected for this out of so many people that applied and share my values, share uh, my talents with everybody here. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to be sent to Archeda, to Rural, who are the most amazing facilitators I could have imagined for this journey. They've been nothing but supportive. I'm surrounded by really amazing people. And yeah, I just feel like this is such an important experience in my life and also the life of the women that I have here around me. What about you girls? Maybe Aga, you want to share something about your experience of the break? Yeah, sure. With pleasure. But I need to say that how amazing it is that the break is calling to the values and that we are lucky enough to, you know, to meet today and to talk about this experience. Like never I would expect that I can meet people, women who are so similar in values. And I agree, you know, with, with all the callings that you were just mentioning, Zoya. And I need to say, and this is like my small secret that I will reveal, that when I saw the break, I didn't feel I'm a good match for the break. Because, you know, all my, and I, I feel that this is not only me. This is not only me as a woman who is, you know, having the imposter syndrome or the critic in the head, you know, the, the, the one friend who is always there. Uh, I feel that there are more women who are there. And when I read all the, um, all the, uh, all the requirements, I was like, no, my project is not good enough. You know, I will not apply. And then my friend, my friend sent the link to me and he said, hey, I totally see you in this, like apply. I found something extra for you. Hey, take it as a gift. And this was the moment when actually I decided, okay, I will go with the flow and uh, I will apply to this. You know, when the signs are speaking, are calling you, why not to take this adventure? So, uh, so yeah, I can agree more with, with all the values, uh, what you, Zoya, mentioned, but I'm very much curious in knowing how Sarika got to know uh, the project Sarika. Yeah, you know, I've been nodding my head. You can't see me, but I've been nodding my head, <laughs> Aga, and also Zoya, when you were talking about how you found out and how you felt. So I'm like a mixture of the both of you. I'm in a monthly master like a mastermind female entrepreneurs mastermind and in that meeting back in I can't remember when that was but springtime and you know what Aga I used to live in Warsaw <laughs> yes I was in Warsaw when I when the female mastermind of the London School of Economics was happening and then they shared the the break about the break and it was like wow this sounds too good to be true <laughs> it's like a one month away and uh, with like-minded entrepreneurs. So during the mastermind, I already clicked the um, <laughs> the link and I was like, oh, wow, amazing. Because the thing is, um, I started my company during lockdown. So basically, I've had a lot of uh, kind of networking, but it was all on Zoom. And this is kind of really the first time that we have this really like-minded community in real life in person <laughs> but this is so nice we are all you know we are more uh, connected than we thought uh, actually and this is so great that uh, Sarika and Zoya you are from November cohort I was in October so we can even more experience I mean share our experience and this is this is the, the great platform to do that 
Yeah, so <laughs> even though our industries are so different, especially the breakers, I think there's a core kind of value we share, despite the nationality or industry, that we actually want to make <laughs> things better. <laughs> and I'm also feeling quite fortunate because uh, in Japan, the um, entrepreneur scene is really still sad. I think Aga mentioned about the uh, finance available for women. And I think it's true that women are not even seeking funding because they don't even think about it. Or of course, they're not receiving funding. And uh, in the case of Japan, there's like statistics that show that there's only like 4% for startup investments to companies that are female-led. So it's really <laughs> quite a, uh, I think uh, there's a lot of work to do. I think it's still also not maybe super great in Europe, which is why there's the break. But I think that is a reality that women founders are still pretty um, disadvantaged. But yeah, coming together like this, I mean, if we it can inspire each other and, you know, when there's so many data that shows that if when women, well, first of all, half of the population <laughs> involved in uh, making the place better is a good thing, of course, in terms of there's so much, you know, I mean, it's kind of logical sense that when women are empowered and um, we participate economically, of course, that's going to be good for the whole society. And by connecting with all of you who have the same, you know, uh, mission of making things better. I think um, when you have role models, there's more inspiration and we can also um, collaborate on things. So I think there's only goodness to come out of linking together with women entrepreneurs. What do you think, Aga? Yeah, I agree, Sarika, what you have just said. You know, there are so many areas that we can cover in the question about the, the gender and about women entrepreneurship. And I have this thought in my head all the time. Mm, okay, just to give you the background, a few years ago, I was doing the, the crowdfunding campaign, which was for women. And I got so much unpleasant, not to call it hate, but unpleasant messages uh, that if only I didn't focus on women, I would have more supporters or if only I didn't only support women, maybe I would have more money that is coming into my campaign and so on. And I was like, why in 2020, back then in 2022, we still need to actually, you know, discuss the gender equality. And this is one thing that I have in my mind that we are not about comparing, we are not about uh, valuing who is better, who is doing better job, uh, who is more efficient, although there are statistics and some researchers. But I think that the, the beauty is about synergy, right? The beauty is about connecting and using all the approaches. And this women power, and when we are all together, and you know, when we are in the, in the flow, when we are discussing, when we are brainstorming, you feel you can fly. And you feel you can do everything because especially when you are surrounded by women who started the work with themselves. And I think this might be somehow related to gender, but I don't want to value it. I think that men can do this uh, as well. But this is so popular with us women that we do work on ourselves, that we do understand ourselves. And when we understand ourselves and we, when we do the work, 
we can better work with others and we can, you know, do more things. And I'm thinking about this, you know, because when you have female entrepreneurs, very naturally, you are going to the sisterhood area, basically. And I, I was thinking about this before our conversation. And I feel that this is a great responsibility, actually. I'm wondering if you agree with me, uh, Zoya and Sarika. But I feel the responsibility because, you know, this is about being consequent, right? So if we are supporting each other, if we women, we want to make the synergy and to work together, it means that wherever we are, we are doing the conferences, the events whatsoever, we do support each other. We do call for each other. We do take care that, for example, on the pictures that we have seen recently, you know, from some summits, there are women because we care about it, right? We call each other. So talking about women entrepreneurship, I feel it is self-work. It is, you know, collaboration, but at the same time, it is responsibility. What would you say, Zoya? Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love what you said about sisterhood also. I think the sisterhood and women supporting each other and backing each other up, uh, not putting each other down, but elevating each other is definitely something that yeah really has shown itself so much during my experience here at the break. And yeah, it makes me think a little bit about how I was grown up and, and my background. And I definitely had a lot of female role models in my life. And definitely a lot of strength seen in women, a lot of power, but also a lot of putting each other down. This is quite a common, yeah, a well-known fact that I guess because there was so little place for women at the top. Some women had the feeling that they had to push each other down in order to climb onto the shoulders of the other woman to reach the top, right? And I feel like we're shifting this right now and programs like The Break, programs like what you're in, Sarika, the masterminds. This is all for women to really start elevating each other. And yeah, what, what, I, what I noticed here at the break is, I mean, looking back a little bit on the jobs I used to have before, like I used to work in nightlife and festivals and art, also uh, the art industry, and it's quite male-dominated. It's very male-dominated. And the way they work, it's quite, I wouldn't say yeah it's quite harsh insensitive it's just like okay push yourself go into burnout you know and I think that's yeah that's quite dangerous and something that I noticed here during my experience at the break living with uh, 10 women in one house is um, I guess it's also kind of uh, supported by the fact that I'm in, uh, in Arteira with rural they take a very sensitive approach also the mentors that we have and the facilitators to give a little example Two of the mentors that we had this month were psychomotor therapists who really worked with what's going on inside of us, our energy, our emotions, our, I don't know, taking everything uh, into account, a very holistic approach about our background, what we're going through, and taking this into our, our work ethic also. And I had a very beautiful conversation with my, with my mentor, Tomas who is a man, and I feel like I'm very uh, happy that I also have his energy around us here during this month, because of course we can learn so much from each other, we can elevate each other also as men and women, you know, and I had a conversation with him about kind of my insecurities and this imposter syndrome, and that I felt a bit insecure comparing myself to the other women around me, so you see, not elevating myself, but kind of comparing myself and I told him that yeah when I look at other people's projects they're so much further they have so much more experience like I feel so ooh, like insecure about my stuff and 
he told me like what our value is here is to give you the strength and the knowledge on how to be a leadership of your own emotions so you can become a leader in your project or in your company or a leader to others but through the path of emotion and I thought that was so beautiful and I think that the world would just be a slightly better place sorry for saying it or not sorry for saying it if women would have more leadership roles because honestly like how women lead with so much heart and care it's just something that we really really desperately need because I mean look around you like everything is so harsh and so intense and people like around me already five people have burned out in the last months I know five people personally who have burned out and it's just, this is not something sustainable anymore. And I feel like we need to put more, yeah, more love into the world. And I think that's going to happen if more women are in leadership positions and following their dreams. I absolutely agree with you, Zoya. I was nodding away, even if you can't see me. <laughs> so, so true. And it's so beautiful about, yeah, what you're experiencing. And I, I also thought maybe I want to add that well, yes, yes, of course, the leadership. Yes, if we look at, you know, the countries that are women led, how they did the coronavirus um, pandemic time, it's pretty clear <laughs> that it's a warm and effective strategy. But in addition to that, I was just thinking about like the sake world, you know, when women, because actually women were banned from entering the sake breweries for centuries. Yeah, believe it or not, because of uh, multiple reasons. But um uh, practical and religious and kind of these reasons but in recent times like in the last 40 years there are women sake brewers and what I wanted to say is that they're kind of like almost micro entrepreneurs themselves because they're, it's a family business and they are brewing super innovative sake like red sake you know like <laughs> very untraditional sake and um, doing all kinds of experiments so when you have the other half of the population coming in and um, when they were not represented you will have more ideas and more innovation which is of course better for society not just for women but also for men so overall it should be a win-win <laughs> situation what do you think Aga yeah I couldn't agree more this is so powerful you know I feel that in our conversation we are touching so many different layers and buttons and when you touch the button there are you know things to be said and we cannot uh, we cannot not say it I feel that we are in the change I, I agree with you Zoya you were saying this that we are doing this shift now and uh, I, I strongly believe that if we are consequent, if we are not afraid or we are afraid, but we are still acting, although we are afraid, which is so dif difficult, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Sometimes when you have this fear of showing up, but actually supporting each other, you know, with this female energy, this is about being seen and see at the same time. And this is about being heard and to hear at the same time. And this is beautiful. And this is amazing, I would say. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I so love the words that you said about leadership. Because, yeah, when I'm thinking about this word, this is, you know, the, the word maybe is quite difficult when you, when you hear it. But if we demystify it and, you know, we start with ourselves and we actually, we, we are fine with who we are and we know what we want and which values we are following, 
I agree with Zoya that we can change the world. And I agree with Sarika that we can influence and impact so much and be innovative because only when we are secured and safe, we can actually unleash our innovation soul, right? Would you agree? Yeah, regarding the whole innovation topic, I definitely feel like we are in a very, at the foot of a shift, kind of a paradigm shift in how people see the world, how people see leadership. And I see it within my own project. My topic is, of course, fertility. And I focus mainly on on women or people with cyclical bodies, people with wombs. Um, and I don't know, it's definitely a very big shift. If you look at how my mother was raised, for instance, she was raised in the Soviet Union. So that's definitely some something uh, where not a lot of people were talking about this or seeing options. Uh, I also talked to some ladies here at the break, which was very helpful for my project, actually. I interviewed a lot of the women here who have very different backgrounds, different ages, different yeah, methods. And what I found out is that, yeah, how, how fertility has been seen 30 years ago, 40 years ago is so different than now. And I think this is kind of going hand in hand with also how we see leadership, how we see women as individuals, that we have a voice, that we have power. And I think that's definitely shining through in fertility awareness as well. And I even feel like men are also getting more on board and more supportive in this, at least the men around me, uh, which I'm very happy for. But yeah, I guess this is a beginning of a very good movement in a positive and more equal direction. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll chip in just one thing. <laughs> yes, Zoya, Zoya, Zoya. Exactly like you're saying, I, I do think there is finally a change happening. So as I mentioned, sorry to keep referring to sake, but that's <laughs> what I know. <laughs> yeah, so I see in the sake industry for sure. I mean, like 40 years ago, it's almost incredible to, I mean, kind of imagine that women were banned and now you know women are doing so many amazing things in the sake world so as brewers as educators and I actually have a it's a non-profit project called women in sake so <laughs> like uh, Zoya was saying you were interviewing people so I actually interview women uh, in the sake industry to highlight and kind of their contribution and achievement in the world of sake. And it's been such an amazing conversation. And when Zoya mentioned that there's a change happening, I definitely feel that's for sure happening, even in a, such a traditional 2,000-year-old um, sake industry. The name of my project is, at the moment, Moon Time. Unlike most people in my group here at the break, my project is still in the idea phase, so quite uh, unmature, but uh, nevertheless very passionate. It started five years ago when I was 20 years old as a personal journey when I decided to get off hormonal birth control because I was on it for seven years and I felt the effects it had on my body, on my mental health. I talked with a lot of my girlfriends who also had the same experiences and I decided to get off hormonal birth control. And I decided to take self-exploration, self-education journey around the topic of fertility awareness methods, which is a method you can use to track your cycle and, in my case, avoid pregnancy, also achieve pregnancy, in a natural way by using your own body literacy. So the temperature that your body has while it's sleeping and a few other indicators of your body. And my project is to spread that 
with not only women, but all people with cyclical bodies um, to empower everyone getting more knowledge within your body and uh, getting off hormonal birth control with confidence, because I feel like there's a lot of stigma around it, a lot of fear, and I want to get away from that. So yeah, that's going to be my project. How about you, Aga? Wow, amazing project, Zoya. On a daily basis, I empower women in doing their crowdfunding campaigns. And uh, what I really like about my project, which used to be named A Woman from the Crowd, which used to be named A Spark, which now supposedly will be named She Crowd Funds, but this is not the end. So I am in the process of brainstorming and, and basically searching for the spark, which will make me alive with my project and very well connected. And what I love about this is that this is not only about the money. So we are not looking at crowdfunding. I am not looking at crowdfunding as only a goal to raise money, but as a project that gives you much more. The validation of your idea, the validation of your project, the, the project management itself, the actual adventure that is saying out loud about your project and actually gaining people who will trust and believe in you when only you are authentic, when you show up and, you know, you say. And this made me very sad a few years ago when I discovered that we women, we are only few percent of successful crowdfunding campaigns. And this is not only in crowdfunding. This is, of course, in most <laughs> financial markets, I would say, including venture capitals, uh, you know, the companies being financially funded by venture capitals and female-led startups. Th this is everywhere. And what I do, I empower women so that they, they believe and they grow. And once they are successful, the part of the money they raise is coming back to the fund that I am creating so that we can share more. So this is how we hopefully share love as well. And this is about my project and hopefully the bright future. What about you, Serika? What is your project about? Well, I love your project, Aga and Zoya. <laughs> I'm the founder of Sarika International Limited in Ireland. And my mission, I'm in a super niche area. My mission is to help people fall in love with Japanese sake. Well, the reason is that, well, actually, this is a complete career change for me because my background was in the United Nations. I was working in Kenya, Thailand, Vietnam on actually urban development and gender, women's empowerment. But just by total chance, you never know what happens in life. <laughs> in um, Back a while ago, I had the most delicious sake in my life. And I was blown away because, you know, my ancestral village in Japan is actually a very big sake production site. And somehow I never liked sake. But after drinking this amazing <laughs> one sip, <laughs> I, I actually learned that our 2,000-year-old sake is in a serious decline. I mean, serious decline, meaning sake breweries are going bankrupt every month in my local area, in my ancestral village. And I didn't know anything about this. And like the more I kind of... <laughs> By hobby as a well I started as a hobby of course I never thought I would start a company about this <laughs> but yes yeah, so my mission is that I really would love to 
spread the beauty of sake to the world so the sake industry does not decline any further. And of course, in this process, from my background, I of course want to focus on sustainable breweries and oh, women in sake, which is the minority, as you can imagine. <laughs> because Japan, as you may know, we are like, you know, really low in terms of the global gender equality index. We are like the bottom, we are like the really bottom in the so-called developed world. Really, I'm talking about like year 2022, we are, I think, 116 out of 146. That's how bad we are. So, I mean, this is in general in society. So you can imagine how Asake, which is a traditionally, um, it's changing, but it's a traditionally a male dominated industry. So uh, there's lots that we can do <laughs> to, <laughs> to revive sake through women brewers and women's ideas. So that's me. And thank you for having us. So ladies, I actually am wondering if you have any opinions regarding how companies would look if women were leading it. So female founders, if they have a different approach to innovation of the company, yeah, just different approaches in leadership. Because for me personally, like when I did some research about fertility companies, which is like, it quite shocked me to be frank. I researched a bunch of femtech products. So for instance, these are wearables that I'm personally using. Like um, one is Tempdrop that you can use around your arm while you're sleeping that records your lowest basal body temperature, which is one of your fertility indicators. Then there is multiple other products that you can use like saliva trackers, urine trackers, everything you can track for, you know, for your overall health as well. And I noticed that all of these companies, besides one, I think, is founded by men or by a husband and his wife. Or, you know, and then I'm already thinking like, hmm, was this the wife's idea? And they made it like husband and wife founding it so they would get more funding or what's happening here. And also very interesting that most period tracker apps are also founded by men. And yeah, in the last, what happened now in the US with the whole Roe versus Wade abortion law that they changed, they just went full in on these period tracking apps and these fertility tracker wearables and femtech products to take out the data of this to track if women could have possibly had an abortion or not and also being a user of these type of products myself i have every period app on my phone that there is out there just so i can check how it works uh, see what could be improved i'm also having a lot of different wearables femtech wearables to yeah to try out in my fertility awareness method journey and what i noticed there is how not easy to use it is and how it really feels like it's been made by a man because I feel like if it's a product for women, why is a woman not making it? You know, of course, men can support that. But I just notice how, yeah, how much issues I'm having with all these products that are obviously made by men. And I think that's just such an interesting, yeah, an interesting fact. And that's why I want to make a change in this area as well. Being a woman who found something for women and for people like me and people around me. And yeah, I'm wondering if you're having the same the same type of experiences, uh, Aga, with your sector that you're working in. How is it with men founding this and the, the balance between that? Mm, thank you for saying this, because basically it's, you know, when we are talking, different examples are coming to my mind as exactly as, uh, as yours. 
And I don't remember the exact stories, but I do remember uh, the research about, you know, the things, the inventions not matching for women, although being for women, because as simple as that, women were not asked. And it also brings me back, you know, to some situation in crowdfunding. I'm always um, the one who is saying, this is not my invention, but I took it from my friend uh, who is teaching like how to sell things. And I'm always uh, saying in crowdfunding, like, hey, crowdfunding campaign is not about you. Crowdfunding campaign is about your supporters. They are the most important. Okay, fine, you are doing the project, but the, you are raising money. So who is paying? You are not paying yourself, right? And then we have very easy solution that we can ask people, you know, and very often it is, it is like, something surprising that wow seriously we can ask people so why don't we ask women when we do things for women this is so obvious but at the same time uh, i have so so mixed feelings because i'm proud that we are part of part of community we are supporting each other we feel the power we want to change things and at the same time i'm so angry that we have to you know we have to spend time thinking about how we can actually be seen in the industry, how we can actually, you know, be there, speak for ourselves or answer questions or invent things. Uh, like it shouldn't be even a question, right? It should be, it should be obvious. What's your experience, Erika? You are saying a lot about sake already, but yeah, <laughs> but this is, this is so like, this is generally brewers, actually brewers are amazing topics for crowdfunding. And uh, yes, I'm not surprised that women were not there. <laughs> yes, that's right. I would love to start my sake brewery in Ireland. I already saved the, I already bought my domain. <laughs> and actually crowdfunding was one of my ideas. But yeah, going back to kind of um, user friendliness, maybe I would share this year that, okay, it's not sake for a change. <laughs> it's wine. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was very lucky to be a judge at a wine competition, which is only one in the world where all are female judges. It's really interesting idea. It's called Feminalise in Paris. I was just super impressed that I really felt like even though, <laughs> you know, there's nothing like that in the sake world, by the way. There's no woman only judge uh, competition but this was really for me quite eye-opening that wow that actually because of the economic um, purchase power of women in France for wine industry that women are so such a powerful actor in the French wine industry whereas that's not the case in Japan so it really made me <laughs> think a lot about things but yes I, I don't think I'm answering your question but I just wanted to share how <laughs> you know sometimes where you have an event with women in mind it actually makes a lot of sense and oh Yes, I'm ready to go back to that competition again. <laughs> Sarika, can you please let me know later where I can apply uh, to be a judge on this wine tasting festival? Oh, yeah! <laughs> it's April next year again. Perfect. It's April every year. <laughs> I'm applying. In, in France. <laughs> and me as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, when 
when we are talking now, discussing all these important matters, being female entrepreneurs and supporting each other, listening to you, Zoya and Sarika, and your powerful statements. And all the time I have this thinking in my head going on, you know, and I need to share with you um, one thing that came out from the break experience that I was part of in October. For everyone who is listening to us and uh, you may not be familiar, is that during the break, you not only work on your project, but you also work on some challenges given to you by by the host organization. So in Petrer, where I was, uh, we we had the challenges that we were working on and the, the energy that we created during the brainstorming and during the working together, you know, of 12 women with the same vision and the, the values that we were sharing, but with different experience was so powerful that we decided to continue and we called ourselves Femion. And like, we are the think tank. We want to make an impact and we want to make a change. Yeah, absolutely, Aga. To me, it's like a 180 degrees change where I have to make the decision by myself because it's only me. (laughs) And yes, it's really quite a difficult journey. So to be in company of um, people like you and who, who get it is really vital, like psychologically, emotionally, such a support. And also for sure, I think, um, you know, we can impact the next generations around us because I know my daughter who sees me doing this will for sure, I hope, <laughs> be inspired that she can also, you know, do any, anything she wants to if she puts her mind into it. So yeah, no, I absolutely, absolutely agree with what you were saying. And what about you, Zoya? Wow, Sarika, that's really beautiful to hear what you have to say about the next generations. I really agree. I personally don't have daughters, but if I would have, I would definitely have a lot of confidence in yeah how their journey would be as well, because I feel like we're going into a very good direction. And yeah, I think the break has been, what you said, also a ripple effect. I think this is definitely first of many. And I think already experiencing here uh, in my in my group this month how we came together uh, one of the women uh, in my group Kylie she has a farm in Ireland and she was already like okay we're gonna do a sort of rural experience or the break over there with with women here you know and it's just how it happens one big idea something like this to kick it off and then each and every one of us that was a part of the break will start their own projects and their own journeys for sure, we can impact the entire world. I mean, it's like a ripple effect. I mean, from our you know, immediate community and it impacts everything. Of course, entrepreneurship is really difficult. I mean, <laughs> to me, at least it's been a super uphill journey because, you know, I was originally in the world's biggest bureaucracy. I personally, I have sent out the break as a program to so many of my friends and they're sending it to their friends and we're talking about it. And I think this is just influencing so many people starting around us. And yeah, I'm very, very, very excited uh, to what the future holds for each one of us, definitely. I believe, I very much believe that by being consequent and, you know, by 
empowering, but not by comparing ourselves and not by valuing that we are better, someone else is better, just being consequent in our actions and empower each other at the same time, not forgetting about ourselves, we can seriously impact not only our community, but, uh, but the world. And I don't think it is too much by saying that we can impact the entire world. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast will inspire all women who want to be an entrepreneur and become part of the Break community. You can find all the information about us and our projects and all the episodes of the Break podcast will be featured on EffectoColibri.com and LagorServices.com. Bye!